several times before in the past, and this is the first time I've shared here in several years. I have shared at other places, other churches, other organizations. This is the first time in a long time I've got to um, share on this, and I've revamped it some. Sometimes you hear preachers talk about how they practice what they preach. I believe the way that we probably should go, or at least I do, is I'm going to preach to you what I am practicing. Doesn't mean I've got it all figured out. I do know that with what God's put in my heart and how I've tried to live this out, that there are physical manifestations that you will be able to see that prove that this stuff works. All right, so I've talked about before the Father's blessing. If you want to know more about that, let me know. We can talk. It's in the Bible. starts out in Genesis where Abraham blesses Isaac, Isaac blesses Jacob, and it goes on and on. This is a Jewish tradition of where men, don't think that I'm putting women down because I'm not. Women are needed. They're strong. They're powerful. They're a major unit in the family. But men, it's time for us to rise up and bless our children and bless our wives and live this out and do with it what, what God has called us to do. So in Jewish culture, men would pray and bless their children. They would bless their wives. They would do it at certain times in their life. And then they would do it sometimes on the weekly. Myself, I do this, try to at least once a week. It's not this big deal, this big ceremony, which I need to have for my daughter and my son. Most of the time, I fit it in where I can, which is before school, when they leave. I catch them. I don't pray for them. I bless them and call out what is on the inside so it grows and other people see it. Bless them with several things as much as I can. My daughter has now heard this for probably 17 years, my son going on 13 years, Addie for 11 years, and Emmy for five. I want you to think about this. If your children hear you once a week, bless them and call out what is on the inside and you deposit that within them, they have a reservoir to pull from when they are in the pit. And I'm telling you, if it's not there, and the only thing that is in there is a seed of criticism, they have nothing to pull from in their lowest moments. And that is part of this story. We see it in the prodigal son. I want to give you some uh, scripture here. Because really when we talk about blessing, we're talking about the power of the tongue, which is a biblical principle. So if you've got your pen, your paper, whatever, your notes on your phone, I'm going to send you down some scriptures. You can look them up. All right? It's not good enough that you just take my word or Eric's word when he's preaching or Tom or Jeff or Shelley, but we should be like the Bereans who when they heard Paul, the most amazing, intelligent speaker of their time, that says that the Bereans still went and they studied it out. Not because Paul, they didn't trust Paul, but there was this thing that was in them that said, that's good, I need to go deeper. Does that make sense? All right, you can do a 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. You can also do Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. You can also do... Oh, <laughs> sorry, Vicky. Proverbs 
Proverbs chapter 12, <laughs> verse 6, Proverbs 18, verse 21, Proverbs 16, verse 24 is another good one, Matthew 12, verses 33 through 35, Ephesians 4, 29. This is a good one that really ties into this James 1, 22 through 27, where it talks about don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. Uh, okay, that's good. So let's talk about where we're going to go. Shelley's done a really good job about talking about the older brother and the younger son and the story of the prodigal. Now, as I've talked to several of you, heard you at dinners and lunches and talking, many of you started talking, and I heard you say, well, I identify as this, or I identify as that. I identify as this. I identify for, for more reasons than just the original story that we see of the son coming home. I am the younger son. And I would probably say most of you would agree with that. That is me. What I've come to find out in listening to most conversations is most people say and identify that they're the older brother. Some of you say, well, I'm both. I want to help you with this. I don't believe we are both. We are one or the other with the tendencies of one or the other. Example, I am the younger son with some big brother tendencies at times. If you're the older brother, you're the older brother with some younger son tendencies at the time. But for the most part, you live in one over the other. Now, I love this story because as you dig deeper, and Shelley's done a good job of preparing our hearts Eric's done a good job of preparing us about asking and what that looks like when we ask of the Father. You can write this down. You are either living from the blessing or you are living for the blessing. It's one or the other. Now, if you're living for the blessing, you're always working. You're always trying no matter what Dad says you are trying to still get what he has already freely given to you. If you are, and there's dangers on both sides, so I'm going to kind of share my own dangers that I've walked through. As I'm the younger son and I've received the blessing, I live from that. Sometimes the danger in that is that we live from it and take advantage of it because we're looking at it from a natural perspective instead of the spiritual perspective. If you understand the culture, younger brother or younger son and older brother both received a spiritual impartation from their father. It doesn't say that, but that's how culture worked. Many times in their life, the father prayed over them and blessed them and gave them a spiritual deposit, a spiritual blessing. Now, let's look at it from one other realm, which is the natural, because the word doesn't talk about that part. 
it talks about the, older, the younger son went to the father to say, I want my inheritance. <clears throat> Here's what he was asking. I want the natural manifestation of the spiritual impartation that you have put in me. He wanted the natural part. So what does the father do? Father doesn't argue with him, does he? He freely gives. He gives him his part. But then what does he say? He gives the older brother his part as well. I need a drink because my mouth is super dry. Here's what happens. Here's where I think we are at and where I lived and where we are going. Many of you have had me pray over you a father's blessing. Some of you have had many people pray over you a father's blessing. And when that happened, there was a spiritual impartation that took place. You felt it. There was an emotion tied to it. Something happened. And for the most part, even in my own life, when someone prayed over me for the first time, the father's blessing, man, within 24 hours, some natural things started to happen. But I was... I guess, naive and and dumb and crazy enough to believe this is how it's supposed to work. So I went with it. I did something with it. Now, as you've looked at my life and and you've seen things happen and you've seen me in the pig pen and we've seen others in the pig pen, we are like, how in the world does he get this or that? Or how in the world does she this or that? And it's because of nothing that the son has done or the daughter has done. It is because Tori, as a daughter, realizes that no matter what, that it ain't because I'm good. And it's definitely not because she's bad. But it is because her father is good. And that transfers to her because she's like, I just wrecked my car. And instead of being afraid, she goes to dad. Dad, I wrecked the the blessing that you gave me. And dad's like, well, let's figure out why you wrecked it. But where it gets good, as he says, I'm not going to leave you with nothing. You may have screwed it up and trashed it. But Father says, I'll help you figure out what you did wrong. But I'm going to give you something else to replace it as we figure it out. But if you're the older brother, you don't even want to tell dad. You try to hide it and fix it. (laughs) Of course, when me and Ashley got together, I couldn't drive. So she drove. We had only been on like five dates, and we have this, this, this ugly brown blazer. And we're in Kroger parking lot, and she backs up and hits them berms, you know, that are in there, tears up the back corner. So what's old Mike get out and do? I'm like, oh, no. You know, I get out there, and I'm trying to fix it with what I can do and duct tape and kick and pop. And I'm trying to fix something with my hands. I'm trying to work and fix at what was given instead of being like, I, there's nothing I can do. Here I am. Help us out. It's the same way. It has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with my father. 
And it also has to do with the fact that I've shared this before, sons and daughters ask. And they're persistent, as I've shared about my son, who is persistent as they come. Even when the answer is like, no, not today. And 12.01 a.m. strikes of the next morning. Okay, Dad, it's the next day. What about? Now, it's funny, but, but that's what sons and daughters do. But older brothers and older daughters, they just keep trying to work, and they keep trying to work. So the natural manifestation of what the father did, he gave them their stuff. The younger brother, I know we look, and we look at all the negative stuff that he did. But I, wanna, I want us to switch our mindset to a positive outlook. What did the younger brother do? He did something with what the father gave him. What did the older brother do? He did nothing with what the father gave him. See, sometimes we get this blessing and, and instead of doing something with it, we're like, I got God's love. I got his blessing. Whew, that's awesome. Look at it. Man, that's great. And back out to the field we go. We, we don't do anything with it. I was talking to Eric on Thursday, and, and, he, and he mentioned something about giving it away. Are you guys familiar with the little kid song? Love is nothing till you give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Love is nothing till you give it away, and you end up having more. How can you get more? How can we get more? If what my dad has given me, I'm not giving it away. Even in the mess, even when people are critical of you, you, you can't stop giving away what God gave you because you're uncomfortable of, with where you're at. Because God gave you something, Sean, and it doesn't matter what they think to a degree. If he gave it to you, it is for you to do something with and to give to someone else. To do whatever you want with it. What does that sound like? Like, the, remember the people with the talents? When the master of the house gave them something and someone only got one and he's like, I'm too afraid to do anything with it. Most of the time, older brothers are afraid to do anything with what God gave them. And when you don't, this is, this is, I believe, an important point. When I do nothing with what God gave me, even if I screw it up, if I do nothing with it, then now I've made room for criticism to come in. Because most of the time, big brothers are watching what little son is doing. Because they want to know what he's doing to catch him in or her in whatever they've done wrong so they can tell dad. But, but dad is good enough for older brother as he is with younger son. And, I, and I, I never see anything in the story where the father was critical. So criticalness never passed down because the father understood the power of giving. 
So, younger brother takes off, and he's got his stuff. And we see that he spends it on righteous living. All right? Well, unrighteous living, yes. Thank you. He spends it on unrighteous living. Now, being a younger son, I'm going to throw this out there. He probably didn't spend it all on bad stuff. He probably, understanding the giving part, probably gave some stuff away, probably helped people along the way. It says he went off to a faraway land. Faraway land is not as far as you think. It's probably like from Newcastle to Spiceland. The reality is, yes, I want you to think of it this way. Because it's that close, I'm sure father knew where he was at. I'm sure dad knew what he was doing. Now, we read in the story, we know the brother knew. Because why? What does he say? This son of yours was spending money on prostitutes. How do you know? How do you know that that's what he was doing? Because he was watching. See, the ones who are living for the blessing are always watching the ones living from the blessing. So when the ones living from the blessing screw it up, they can tell someone else who is working for the blessing about the guy who screwed up who's living from the blessing. Because our viewpoint is from the natural. Because younger brother has spent it all and he's naked and he's in the pit and he's just, just a crazy mess. And how many times have we looked at me, probably rightfully so, and several of you have looked at other people. They're a mess. They're life. They're this. They're that. They're, they've cheated and lied and stealed and, you know, got four girlfriends and a wife and eight kids and, you know, all the stuff that we look at. And the only thing we're seeing is the part where they've only lost some of these people. If their sons and daughters have only lost the natural manifestation of the blessing, but they have not lost the spiritual manifestation and impartation that is on the inside of them. Because that is from God and it's been given and it keeps them from being critical, even of themselves. When you take a hold of the blessing and you do something with it and you put it in you, even if you lose everything, you still know and realize, I'm a son. He goes right back to doing one of the things that got him into the mess, but it's going to be the exact same thing to get him out of the mess. How do I know that he knew he was a son? It was because he says in the pit, hmm, what am I going to do? Oh, I've got a what? I've got a father. I have a father. A son and a daughter. Knee deep or neck deep in the mud. Will say, I have a father. And in saying that he has a father, what is he doing with himself? He is identifying with himself no matter how critical anyone else has been. He understands, I have a father which still makes me a son. Even though you can't see it by the outside because all the natural stuff is gone, the spiritual impartation is still there. And he says, you know what I'll do? I'll go to my father... And I'll say to him, I have sinned because sons and daughters will admit when they sin. It takes them a while to get back home sometimes. But they know that they have sinned and that they have done wrong. 
And he gets up and he says, I know what I'll do. I'll go to my father and I'll say, I have sinned against you in heaven and I am no longer worthy to be called what? Your son. Even in the mess, he knows. And then what does he say? A very important thing. The same thing that got him into the mess is going to get him out of the mess. I will ask. Does that not make anybody else excited? Because I'm telling you, the only way I've ever got out of any mess that I've ever created is because I had to be at a point to say, I I have sinned and I am wrong. God help me, dad help me, because the only way this is getting fixed is if you help me clean up my mess, because I can't. Now what happens is we become critical because all we see is sometimes that part and it's celebrated for about 45 seconds. And then we see the part on Sunday morning at church where they come and, oh, I gave my heart back to Jesus and blah, 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 and I'm going to do all this. And we celebrate that for about a minute and a half till we get outside the church. And we stop the celebration because we still continue to want to be critical and we still want to see the consequence to the action. And there is. As there should be. It does not, the Father never negates and never, never approves of the sin that got them there. Never does. The Father is never happy about what you did to get there. And there is a consequence to the action. There always is. But what the Father wants to celebrate, he's like, I don't, I don't have time to be critical. And, if, and for us, in the time we're living in, we sing these great songs, how he loves. I don't have time to maintain these regrets. And, and 15 minutes in the Mexican restaurant, we've done forgot all that. We don't have time to, I don't have time to keep looking back. Jeff Julian does not have time to look in the rearview mirror of everything that he's ever done wrong. It is there for reminders so you know that you're leaving what's in the past so you can go to the future. And that's what sons and daughters do. And they do that with the power of the blessing. What we don't see is the walk home. And sometimes the walk home is a huge consequence. There's consequence that we never see. Think about it. Oh boy, he's still a son. He's naked, and he's walking home. How many people you think were critical of him walking home, showing him any love? Naked, mud, stinky, you know, whatever was going on. What his father gave him was not just money. Think about this. He's got up. I don't know if you can see me Facebook, but whatever. He gets up. Whoo, that's the first step. And even as, as, as church people and as Christians, we celebrate that because we believe righteous man falls seven, but he gets up what? Eight times. We love and believe that, but what we want is for the righteous man when he falls to get up and not move forward. We want him or her to stay. And as Gage said, waller in it for a little bit more. So sometimes we even want him to take a few steps back. None of you have time 
to get out of the pit and take a step back. Because your family in this world, they depend on it. You have to step forward. Old boy, he's walking down the streets. Probably sees the house that he parted in several days ago. And they're offering him stuff. And he's got to fight the temptation. Walking by this house and they're making fun of him. Walks by old boy who waves. And old boy's wearing a ring that he sold. To continue to live the lifestyle that he was living. The ring his daddy gave him. How do you think that felt? How do you think when he keeps going and, and he sees old Billy over here who's got his robe that his dad gave him, that he sold? What about his feet? I don't know how hot it was or how rocky the road was, but he ain't got no shoes. But old Jim over here has got him a nice pair of sandals because the son sold him. The walk home is a walk of shame. And it is a walk of guilt that is, that is hard to even really put into words. But it was there. But not only it was the walk, but think of all the criticalness coming from all the people who were not living from the blessing, but who were enjoying the benefits of old boy's blessings that he gave to them. How many times have you seen the younger son or the younger daughter who has the blessing and you're good with enjoying the benefit, the natural benefit of Charlene's blessing? But when the natural part is gone, she's no longer your friend. Because we, we can't look past the fact that Charlene can't give me a cup of coffee anymore. <laughs> we don't look past to see. And I've been critical too. That's, that's where the big brother tendencies come in. The revelation of God's love and his blessing and having it imparted is not just the prayer and what the Father gives, but you have a part. You have to do something with it. You have to, or you will go nowhere, or you will leave this room today and again, say that was a great message, and you'll feel that the Holy Spirit has imparted something to you, but you will do nothing with it. And I know it's scary because, again, myself, as I have screwed things up and taken my blessing and not always done the right thing with it, it has the tendency to make big brother people scared. Not of me or not of Eric, but of the criticism that that person receives. Because this guy right here has got a blessing too, and he's got something that God wants him to do with it. But because of how we treat Eric, or because of how we treat Tom, and we see the criticism and the things that come because we're not living from the blessing. Well, by God, I ain't going to, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to show up to church and then scoot out as fast as I can. I ain't going to take, take a risk. Big brothers don't take risk. Big brothers sacrifice a lot because they're still trying to get it. So, so oh boy, he comes home. So, Father, as we 
as I keep going here for just a few more minutes, I just ask your love to saturate this room. That in my words, as they come out, that, that they will drench and saturate the hearts of your people. That it will pierce hearts. And that you will show those who need to be shown that they have already been given the blessing, but that they need to go pick it back up to do something with. May your words weigh heavy and may your love lay heavy in this room as we get this revelation and how to pass it on. So old boy, come, I don't know why I keep calling him old boy. I guess that's hillbilly in me or something. But the son, he's on his way home. And it says the father sees him, what? A far off. Now, again, the father did not go to the pig pen, but he was always looking. And as soon as he came, what's the first thing he did? He, he, he ran, but he looked past what was on the outside. Jeez. The mess that we see on the outside is sometimes so offensive. And it is so ugly. And because we're the church and we're Christians, the critical edge to it, the big brother part, again, as we're living from it and not for it, puts us in the mode of when we see the person in the mess, our first response is, not I just want to love them. But my first response is, how, how do I fix this? This is offensive to me. And it might even be wrong. It might be the most blatant sin that you don't agree with, that I don't agree with. But we get so offended and so critical that because we're living for the blessing like big brother, we believe we can fix us. So by God, I'm going to fix you because that's the Bible. They know us by their love. It don't work. I, God. My big brother tendency was kicking in. Over past several days, and even, man, over two, three, four years. But I really, the Lord so gently corrected me in the past few days. We'll get to that. But it is not my job to fix anybody. It is not. It is my job to take my blessing and to love and pull from the very deposit that has made me who I am. And pull it out and say, here, take this. 
Because this is what you need. He comes home. Father didn't even clean him up. Wasn't critical. Was not, I know where you've been, son. You should not have been there. You wasted all my stuff. How dare you? No. Hugs him. Kisses the pig poop that's on his cheek. Smells it. Gives him ring and shoes. Gives him his coat. He didn't clean up the mess first. Church, you don't have to clean your mess up first. You need to clean it up. Don't hear me say you don't need to fix it. You don't have to clean it up first before you can give somebody else something. The coat gives it to the son. What's the son do? Puts it on. Do you remember when Shelley had the boys do the skit? Found it interesting that my own son, Isaac, was the prodigal son. He comes, and as we're finding out, he's very theatrical. <laughs> Love you, Isaac, wherever you're at. And, and he gets it, and he puts it on. And I don't know if any of you remember this or not, but this is what stood out the most. As father walks away to go talk to his older brother, Isaac does this. He rests in the blessing. He rested. He enjoyed it. Younger brothers have attendance, younger sons. We have a tendency to love to celebrate. Can you still hear me? I hit a button. Okay. We have a tendency to celebrate. And younger son probably many times asked dad to celebrate. And I'm sure dad being a dad because he says, all you had to do is ask me. I'm sure he did. And how many times did older brother sit back and probably never went? Understanding the younger son, he probably went to the older brother. Hey, man, we're going to have a party. Yeah, come on. Come join us. Uh, no, you know, I better tend to the field or do whatever. You know, I, I can just imagine even older brother being so proud of his coat. He's out working in the field with his coat. You know, what did Joseph do when he got his? Showed it off. See, the very blessing of the father is the very thing that people were critical of, and they put him in the pit. All right, I realize that most of the time I put myself in the pit, and there's a difference. And I think we have to, in maturity, maturity we learn to know, did somebody pick us up and put us there, which happens, but it's rare. Most of the time, we're the one that made the journey. We're the one that got there. 
So there's always been this tension between the two. And I'm sure, again, this, this part isn't in the Bible, so this is just my interpretation of living it out. I'm sure there were times that even Father went and said, hey, man, chill out. Let's have a party. Let's go, you know, to Texas Roadhouse. You know, eat some rolls, have some steak. Go get some Baskin-Robbins ice cream or whatever. How many times had the father invited the son into rest, but because the, the, the older brother did not have a revelation of the blessing and was still living for it instead of living from it, did he continue to ignore it and continue, which builds anxiety, which builds stress, which all that stuff builds up complaining, which Julian, Susan, understands all this. It becomes a vicious cycle, right? Stress, anxiety, depression just continues to create more and more and more and then becomes unhealthy. But how many times did the younger son ask and got to enjoy it? And again, the older brother lived a life of just probably complaining about it. And we know he did because he comes back. This, this son of yours, he even, he, he even acknowledges that he's a son, which strikes me funny because most of us, when we encounter these situations, we'll still acknowledge that, well, yeah, Sean, Sean's a son. He's, he goes to church. He we still acknowledge the fact that he's a son, but we continue to pinpoint and talk about all the stuff that he did wrong. But it, it's that complaining. It's because we, we have a culture of toleration and not a culture of celebration. Where we need to learn that while that son walked home, we need to celebrate that. Why that person, the drug addict, came in here and gets saved. The person who does a big screw up we need to continue to celebrate the fact that they're, they, they, they might not have made it this far yet, but they didn't move backwards, and they didn't stand still. It might have been this right here, because it's hard. It's hard, but you, you just continue to pull from what God put in. So, my coat. This is... One of the things that, that hit me was there's two things that you can do when you're out of your mess and when you're working on it and you're figuring out and, and you're tr doing your best to live as a son or if you're the older brother, all right? You have to put it on. When Father gives you the coat, you do one of two things. You put it on or you put it up. So what, what are you, you going to do today? You know, there's many times and I've thought, well, we could pray for people. We could do this and we could do that. And, and I don't think that's necessary because I really believe the power of what God is trying to get us to understand and walking in the blessing and, not, and, and walking and living from it and not for it is already taking place. That some of you are now realizing, man, he's given it to me, but I never put it on. I put it up. 
Many of you have the blessings sitting in your spiritual closet. That's a great coat my dad gave me. But you don't put it on. My prayer today is as we've went through this, and it's we're almost done. There's a little second part that we're getting ready to, to do as well. My prayer today is that you've heard me speak and that the power of the gospels came out and that there is this mind shift of looking past the natural stuff that people lose and we look past that to see that the blessing is still right here and that they're still pulling from it and that they're still calling themselves the son and that you can too. The word says you have not what? Because you ask not. You knowing how, to, you being evil, knowing how to give good things to your own kids. How much more does your heavenly father want to give to you if what? If you only ask. There's stuff that Eric shared, shared too. That yes, there's uh, according to his will, there's a lot of that stuff that all comes together. But I'm a father. And out of all the things that I've ever tried to do, or that, I, that I've tried to accomplish out of all the things that I've messed up and all the things that I've done right. There's one thing that I know about Mike Brown. Is I, was, I was put here to be a father. And not just to McKinley and Isaac and Addie and Emerson or Ashley. <laughs> But to some of your kids as well, to some of my daughter's friends, to some of Isaac's friends, and, and it's impossible to do it for all, but if I use Bryce Youngquist and Ryan Youngquist as an example, because they're, for the most part, the closest to our family, I love those two boys like my own son. And I hope that they know there is, there is nothing that I wouldn't do for them. And some of your other kids are the same. If you're a father in here, you are not, or a grandfather, you are not called to just be a father or a grandfather to your own kids. It goes way beyond that. And you wonder, I've always thought since I've had kids, how in the world, do you have more love? How can you love more, more kids? And it just, you give it away and you get more. And you're like, where did this come from? It's supernatural. And it keeps coming. But I'm here to tell you, yes, love well, but the world wants it. There is a cry from the world right now that is a cry of people wanting the love of the Father. Not because moms aren't important or women are not important, but there is a cry for the rise up of the Father. So as we cut this part short, Facebook family, I pray that even in here and on Facebook that you guys have been touched and received and know and understand and are fired up about going to your spiritual closet and putting on 
your blessing and excited about stopping to be critical and putting on the love and pulling from the love and the blessing and saying, I'm going to love you and I'm going to bless you even if you've hurt me. Action plan for this week. Pull your kids in. Come here, McKenna. And bless them. It ain't hard. You don't even have to get all, you know, hamashamalaba bow tie and, you know, <laughs> made $4.2 billion come in your, you, it, it's, it's nothing like that. Like I said, it, incorporate it in your day somehow. Once a week, I bless this girl. I bless my son. I bless Addie. I bless Isaac. That's how, that's one of your action plans. Bless your kids.